I've started using this expression, believe in running, because it's become this kind of thing for me that, and I, th- I hear from everyone else. It isn't even me. It's everyone else says to me, they tell me the story. It helped me with this. It does this for me. And I believe, I believe a lot in running. I believe it's really important. That was Michael Caparasso. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, and welcome to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning in. When today's guest signed up for his first marathon in 1991, Michael Caparasso had no idea he would run another 26 New York City marathons, nor did he know he would be president and CEO of New York Roadrunners, the company that organizes and runs the world's biggest marathon. And that, my listeners, is the magic of running. You never know where it will take you, but you can trust you will go places. All it takes is putting one foot in front of the other. New York Roadrunner's mission is to help and inspire people through running. Since 1958, New York Roadrunners has grown from a local running club to the world's premier community running organization. Their commitment to New York City's five boroughs features races, community events, free youth running initiatives, and school programs. And the New York Roadrunners Run Center features the New Balance Run Hub with training resources that provide hundreds of thousands of people each year from children to seniors with the motivation, know-how, and opportunity to run for life. New York Roadrunners' premier event and the largest marathon in the world is the TCS New York City Marathon, held annually on the first Sunday in November. The race features 50,000 runners from the world's top professional athletes to a wide range of competitive, recreational, and charity runners. On today's episode, Michael and I sync up about where his journey with running began and where it has taken him. We talk about some of the amazing initiatives he is working on at New York Roadrunners, from the New York Roadrunners virtual racing series powered by Strava, which launched in 2018 to the organization's Senior Striders Program, their youth program, and of course, the TCS New York City Marathon. I hope you enjoy. As always, thanks for tuning in and all your great feedback on the podcast. I appreciate your DMs and questions on social, and please keep the emails coming. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy. Scroll through the list of Marnie on the Move podcasts on your app. Click on Write a Review. Share what you like about the podcast, your favorite episodes, what inspires you. Tell your friends to listen. Email them a link. Post it on your social platforms and tag Marnie on the Move. Spread the love. Also, sign up for our newsletter to download to find out about upcoming events and summits, great deals, offers, and giveaways. Now, on to the show. But before we get started, today's episode is fueled by Sun Potion. I am such a huge fan of their super high quality, organic, tonic herbs, mushrooms, and superfoods. I have been using a variety of their transformational foods and supplements for the past three years. They have been major game changers for my overall health and wellness. Lately, I have been using the pine pollen and ashwagandha for hormones and balance, 
chaga for my immune system, and my favorite, cordyceps, for extra energy pre-workout. I simply add them to my coffee or my smoothie every day, and I'm on the move. Head over to their website, sumpotion.com, and use the code MARNIEONTHEMOVE for 10% off. Now, on to the episode. Tell me a little bit about this 10-mile goal that you set for yourself. What are you calling it? It's like a challenge? I actually haven't named it. I just keep calling it the last 10 miles of the TCS New York City Marathon initiative project. You may or may not know this. I've run New York City Marathon a number of times. Uh, last year was 27 in a row. And I swear almost every time I struggle in the last 10 miles. And for various reasons. So whenever I finish the marathon every year, I swear it's the last time I'll ever do it. And then shortly afterwards, I swear that I'm going to get better at it. Right. And so I always set aside, what are the two or three things I'm going to do? And one of them I came up with was, I'm going to run that last 10 miles of the course 26 times between last year's marathon and this year's marathon. And now is that a punishment or is it it a goal? Uh, It's a goal. Is it a bonus? It has been a a real... Uh, treat because although I've run it before and know it, running it without, you know, all of the other stuff going on. And I always manage to find a guest, a running guest for it. It's been really fun and getting to like spend more time on that part of the course has been really cool. I've I've really enjoyed it and look forward to it a lot, actually. I like that strategy. That sounds like something that I would do, actually. (laughs) I mean, usually like when we do our races, I mean, in New York, it's easy because we live here. But when we do triathlons outside the city, we'll go up and drive the course. We watch the videos on YouTube. You know, just try to like whatever part is the most challenging is the part that we like focus on. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I think too, when you, when you compete, when you do whatever we do year in and year out, you always, I think, have to figure out something that's going to make it new, not only for the experience, but because right. your body after a while needs different ways to kind of train in order for you to grow and get better at it. So each year I try to pick two or three things and running the last 10 is my thing this year. I did my 18th time this past weekend and so that makes you a streaker for the for 27 the 27 yeah it does yeah and it's and funny because when yeah. i first started in 1991 i never ever ever thought i'm going to do this every year for who knows how long and i still don't even really think of it that way i just think every year i'm going to set a goal and it's to run the marathon and it's to be at least as good as the year before a little bit better and so what led you to running the marathon the original time back in 1991 um i've told this story before I it's really bizarre. I ran a little bit. I used to run some shorter races back then. And then uh, I was in a relationship and I got dumped by my girlfriend and I was heartbroken, devastated. And I said, I'll show her. I'll run a marathon. She'll think I'm great and she'll take me back. I have never seen her since. And it actually became for me a real turning point in my life because it gave me Um, something to focus on. Uh, I changed a lot of kind of my goals and my career and my life. And running became kind of foundational aspect for it. And I lined up at that start line, not knowing what the heck to expect, finished the race and thought, I'm never going to do this again. But then I very quickly came to, wait, I can be better at this. And it became a big part of my life. So you kind of never know how you're getting to that start line. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was one of those things where I needed something else to kind of move me along. And uh, it's been a part of my life ever since. And who knew I'd end up doing what I do. And yeah, were you working at New York Roadrunners at no, the time? I don't, I, I don't even remember where I was or what I was doing at the time. But um, I was going to grad school, I think, at the time and trying to figure out what to do with my career. And it really helped me focus and, and kind of, I think, grow up in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, running uh, has all the answers. 
I say that all the time. I've started using this expression, believe in running, because it's become this kind of thing for me that, and I, th- I hear from everyone else. It isn't even me. It's everyone yeah. else says to me, they tell me the story. It helped me with this. It does this for me. And I believe, I believe a lot in running. I believe it's really important. So the running the last 10 has become my thing this year. And, and I'm looking forward to finishing out the string on it too. I like that. So, you know, speaking of running and uh, New York Roadrunners and the marathon, I would say that 90% of my listeners are dialed into New York Roadrunners. But even as someone who myself, who has lived in New York my entire life, and I'm very involved in the running community, although I have not run a marathon or the New York City marathon, I certainly know a lot about New York Roadrunners. And I think the history is so incredible and amazing, obviously equal to how incredible and amazing the sport is. Um, Give me a little bit of the history of New York Roadrunners and where and how it began, just to kick off our second part of our conversation. So it's really interesting. So we've been around, this is our 61st year in New York City. And way back when, it really was a running club like a lot of these other clubs that are here now in existence. And uh, had a lot of folks that used to run, uh, certainly up in the Bronx where we were born. And just like many of the other running clubs, I guess they just had aspirations and they started putting on races and one thing led to another and they became a little bit bigger and then people started running their races from other clubs. And then some of our incredible leaders to start, Ted Corbett, who was our original president, uh, an amazing runner, amazing person, just started to manage to get people to come to our races, to join our club become members. We came up with this idea of creating a membership back then too. We still have some of the original logs from members back then. And then he and Fred came up with ideas and they decided to put on the New York City Marathon, obviously starting in Central Park, all in Central Park. And this running club kind of just birthed out of I think just organic growth of wanting to give other runners an opportunity to run. And then membership started to grow. The marathon went to five boroughs. Races started to kind of evolve from there. And here we find ourselves 61 years later being really, I think, an important fabric of the New York City community, not only the running community, but the community in general here in New York City and having a great impact. And along the way, we started to do a lot of other things. which I really get very excited about. We thought it was important to create the next generation of runners, so we started doing youth programs in schools. We started doing training in the park. And you started the youth programming 20 years ago? 20 years. We're celebrating yeah, 20 years of free youth running uh, in the schools here, and we're in about 800 schools here in New York City and around the country. But the idea was we felt like we could help get kids into sport that we really thought was important for them in many aspects right. um, and create the next generation of what would be roadrunners. And it's really grown from there, and um, we're really fortunate. I think a lot of people sometimes wonder what has been kind of the big, why have we we've been successful. And when you're 60 years in a city, one Mm -hmm. city, with a lot of support, and as you know, a lot of passionate people, you stand a good chance. Um, And certainly we've learned along the way to evolve and grow. And we've been very fortunate to have a real commitment from runners who just, we've been able to provide them with something they really want. Yeah. And there's also even people who don't run. So many people come out and support the community. Yeah. Really amazing. I mean, certainly the TCS New York City Marathon yeah. that day, we get over a million people that are out on the streets supporting us. But you know, you go to a lot of races in the park. We had the women's uh, 10K mini here this weekend and the place was packed Pat. with people just coming yeah. to watch. You get a beautiful day. If you're not going to run, going out and watching someone that runs is, I think, a pretty fun thing to do. I think that's where it all begins. I think so too. And you know, you never know you when you're going to- feel that power and energy and you it, just want to do it. It can 
can inspire you and it's inspired a lot of people. I cannot tell you how many people after the marathon each year who've never run before come up to me and say, I'm going to start running or I'm going to run this marathon someday. Or on New Year's, we have a midnight run in Central Park and people who just decide I'm going to take up running and they just come out and they run, walk four miles. And then the next yeah. thing you see them that summer running one of your races. So I sign it, up for that race every year and I fall asleep. I'm not run. kidding. <laughs> Like for the last five years. It's great. We'll have to get you out there. Yeah, this I'm going to come out. <laughs> I think I should take a disco nap and then come out to do the midnight run. That would be good. And the other thing about running is, it, look, it doesn't cost a lot. You can come out and run. You get a pair of sneakers. And the other thing I have found in my time of running, it's become so much more of a social sport. Yes. A lot of times you think of running as an independent sport. You're doing it on your own. Friends run with you. You meet people to run with. It becomes something you can converse about. And with all of the digital platforms and technology now, I say runners like to do two things. They like to run and they like to talk about their runs. And here we are. Yes, talking about running. Yes. Talking about running. You just also launched this really incredible new program. Speaking of community and running, I mean, we're in New York City, but now people around the world can have access to some of the amazing courses in New York City and races that we do, and they can train for them and then sign up and come and do them. And you partnered with Strava. So tell me a little bit about this new virtual race program that you launched. Yeah, so excited about this. It's really, really great. We just thought, how can we impact more people around the world? Our mission is to help and inspire people through running. So how can we do that? We have certainly, there's limits here. You can put on so many events, and a lot of our events, fortunately, uh, do well as far as demand. So how can we connect with people around the world? And as I said, technology is really such a connector of people. So partner with Strava, who has the GPS tracking and has an incredible uh, engagement of people around the world and we launched virtual racing and so now we pop up a virtual race anytime anywhere uh, around the world we theme them we did a uh, resolution run at new year's we did a valentine's day run we recently did a dog 5k run i saw that with your dog yeah (laughs) and then we're doing a pride run coming up to celebrate pride and then the tcs new york city marathon virtual marathon, which is also cool. But it's a great opportunity to engage people around the world. And when you look at the usually generated content that we're seeing from this and the stories that people are telling, it's just so inspiring. And it's really, really cool that we now can connect people globally to run as part of a New York Roadrunners community. And Strava is a social sharing program, kind of like Facebook, so people can comment on each other's runs or they can compare times. I mean, how does it work? A little. I mean, I'm familiar with Strava, but maybe it's a great platform. So Tell you me, can yeah. you can track your your races through the through the GPS. But the real community there is what's really really cool too, because people follow each other. When we do the virtual races, there is a uh, you know leaderboard, but there's a finisher board, if you will. So you can see I ran the global global running day one mile race, and I was. 500 and something out of 10,000 or something at the time that I had looked. So you can look at your time compared to others if, you know, that matters to you. But it's a matter of being part of a community of people that are running and all have completed the race. You get a digital badge, which you can post as well. And the fun thing a lot of times is you have someone in San Francisco or someone in New York or someone in Spain who is saying, we're all going to run this virtual race during this time period and we can see how we've done against each other or just know that we've all competed in a race. Right. That's kind of fun because like if your friends overseas, you can run with them and then after you can compare notes and see how you feel. Yeah, I like that. We, we've really cool, and we have amazing stories that come from this. We've had people who've been inspired to start running because of the virtual racing, ran six virtual races last year and came and ran our popular Brooklyn Half this year, which is part of what you can do. You run six virtual races with us and you sign up 
and then you can get into the popular Brooklyn half. And it was the first half. We had someone who ran their first marathon as a virtual marathon, which was also really interesting if you think about it, just the fact that we can engage people to run a marathon virtually. Right. And also like just go out and do that on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. I think it's great that people can gain entry into Brooklyn because that is the, I don't know, it's, it's one of the hardest races to get into. Like every year it's on my calendar. I think I've done it like five or six times now. And literally at 1150, I am on my computer and I call all of my friends that I run with and I'm like, guys, get on your computer and get ready because we have to sign up. We're getting in and we we get in. That's yeah. my strategy. Now everyone's going to do it. I love that race. It's one of those ones where it's a little bit of certainly by design um, with the course and the time of year, but it's also a little bit of Brooklyn's just a, a cool place, a great yeah. place. And we were fortunate to really benefit from that. I ran it this year for the first time in seven years and I was fortunate to run with Meb. Oh, my gosh. Um, because Meb did the virtual six. So you six. ran with Meb? Oh, yes. <laughs> or Re- Meb ran with me is probably the best way to say it. We both ran the virtual six last year, so we had entry this year. And he was kind enough to uh, run at a pace with me. I, I said to him, Meb, what's the slowest you can run a half marathon? And he said to me, what's the fastest you can run a half marathon? And so he definitely met closer to my time. And it was an amazing experience, probably the best race experience I ever had. And... We're about, I don't know, mile nine or 10, and, and uh, everyone all along the way is saying, Meb, you know, you're so inspiring, and it's really great. And he starts giving me running tips about my form. And I'm like, this is, this is amazing. That's, this I is was like going to say, did he pace true. you and give you tips and advice on running? I ran also with Michael Rogers, who works with us, and there was, there was, there was pacing, there were tips, there was inspiration. It was, it was a dream come true for a runner, for sure. That's amazing. And Brooklyn, I mean, did they, Brooklyn is, I've done it several times. I feel like the course has changed over the years. Years ago, and um, Peter Chacha, our former race director, who's since retired, who's amazing at really looking at something and, and, and making a observation, he changed the, uh, we used to start at Coney Island and finish in Prospect Park. He flipped it and we went from Prospect Park to Coney Island. And it's a great half marathon. It's the largest half marathon in the United States. How many people were there? 27, a little over 27,000 finishers. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like that at all. Just kidding. <laughs> it was so awesome. The energy was incredible. You don't feel it. You feel it in the park. And then, and it's amazing as you're like running into the park and people are running out of the park and then you're like running down Prospect Parkway, which is awesome, straight onto straight to the ocean. I mean, how much better does it get? Yeah, no, it's it's a perfect race, perfect time of year. It really is terrific. A great celebration of an amazing barrow. Yeah. So, how often do you change the courses for races? How often does that happen? Not, not that often overall, but we're right. always looking if there's a way that we can enhance something, if the way we can improve something. And the marathon course, I think, has had five or so changes that are noticeable throughout the years and that has to do with a number of things that happen in the city um we've changed the united airlines half course in the last few years a few times to try to just to to optimize it to get it right to make it the best for the runners um a lot of a race in central park that courses don't change too much it's usually the outer barrel ones that we want to often just look at how can we improve them or make it more interesting or is there some aspect of the city that we that kind of makes us make a change to it yeah i mean is there I always wonder if there's a thought process with the race director where they say, okay, we're going to make people feel really amazing and fabulous in the beginning, and it's going to be super easy, and then we're going to crush them 
for the last mile. <laughs> At least that's what they do in triathlon. Is it really? I don't know. It feels like it. Um, it, it does seem like that with some races. Jim Heim, our current uh, race director, and I talk a lot about a course and, and what it means to the runner and what the, what it's like at different time periods. You know, are there landmarks that, that can be a part of it? Are there cool neighborhoods that we can run through that, right. you know, will just be really fun to run through that'll bring out some people? You know, look, when you run a lot in Central Park and when you run the New York City Marathon course, it's not an easy place to run um, No, it's overall. a great, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to be able to kind of experience New York. It and, is. It really know. is. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible journey through the five boroughs. It's, it's a, I would say it's a tough course, but it's a really one that if you're a marathon runner, you'll really appreciate. Yeah. The New York City, the marathon, that course has also changed a couple of times. It has, and that's often due to things that are going on here in the city. There have right. often been some changes along the way that have altered them. For the most part, though, it's pretty incredible that as we celebrate our 50th year next year outside of being just in Central Park, it hasn't been altered that greatly over that time period. And I'm always still just amazed that we shut down the five barrows and run 50,000 people through the streets on that amazing day in, in November every year. Yeah, I mean, it's so incredible. And you guys bring in so much business to the city. Talk about economic development and helping New York City grow with different businesses and bringing brands here. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of incredible. It's a big part. We, we say this is where the world comes to run. I believe we're the most international marathon that exists. We have people from pretty much every country around the world. Uh, we generate about over $400 million in economic impact to the city. But it also is one of those times where I think if you're coming from around the world and you want to come to New York City, you pick this day and this time of year to come. Uh, people who come from around the world, they really engage, too. They go to our expo. You know, they buy things. They go shopping here in the city. They go to see the shows. So it really is a big boost for the city. And uh, it's a perfect opportunity because it's the time of year when I think, although I love the city a lot, it's when people are really at their best because they really appreciate the athletes, the people come from around the world and uh, really get inspired by it. And what's the mission and culture behind New York Roadrunners? So our mission is to help and inspire people through running. It's pretty simple. We try to do it in lots of ways. We think that movement is really important for your life. We think getting healthy and fit through running is really important for you in many ways. So we try to do it in whatever way we can. A big part of what we do is we're out in the community. We fund a lot of free running programs for people in addition to our youth programs. We have uh, free 5Ks in now 19 parks around the city that pop up once a week. It's kind of a walk run and the idea is to be in kind of parks where we can get communities moving and it's free. We're also in senior centers here. We get seniors out walking uh, as well. I think that's incredible. It's really Even amazing. More, like, I mean, it's great. It's amazing for kids because it's inspiring and it helps kids learn how to be on a team and just to be empowered by themselves and confidence and all of those wonderful things. But I think for seniors and for older people, I think they start to feel like maybe they can't run or they can't move, and it's a great program to get them outside. They are just, they're, they're so incredible, really inspiring. They, they, it's mostly a walking program. Um, some of them will do light jogging, and a few times a year they come out to our races and they'll either walk or jog the race as well. They're a spirited group of people. They're looking for something to do, and we're happy to help inspire them to get out. What is the age of the oldest finisher of the TCS New York City Marathon? We had a gentleman uh, a few years ago, I think he was 96, who finished our marathon. And he may be the, the oldest marathon finisher, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll have to check on that, but that's pretty incredible. 
Yeah. Really is incredible. I wonder how he's managed to, when he started running and how he's managed to continue running. Later in life, from what I understand, is what he started running. He's a really interesting gentleman, and he's done a lot in his life. He's written, he's, I think he's written a book about oh, it really? as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I have to check it out. Yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah, the name of the program is called Striders, right? Striders, yeah. It's, 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 and it's a group of seniors that comes out uh, once or twice a week at a number of locations here around the city. Awesome. And now you've been at New York Roadrunners since 2010 and have been such an integral part of the brand's growth. How have you seen the running community grow and evolve over the years? You know, what, what I have seen in my time here is, is the growth has been to more of the fitness and casual runner. And I think, again, a lot of that ties back to kind of the digital platforms and digital technology. But we've seen people who are kind of you know, I consider myself middle of the pack and back. People who do it as a way to connect socially with their friends. There have been a lot of more clubs that have also here in New York City have, have been birthed. And it's just people who want to get together and make it a social thing. It doesn't mean that, I mean they're serious about running. They use it as a way for fitness. They use it as a way to connect with people. But the real spirit, I think a lot of it is to uh, engage and, and put some physical activity around social activity and connect the two together. And we're very fortunate. We can see to see great demand for both our events and races as well as our training programs. And not everyone is looking to break that, you know, seven-minute mile or whatever the right. mark is. People just want to get out there. They want to complete a five. We had so many people this weekend at the finish line of the mini that came up to me and said, this is my first time ever running a race, or this is my first time completing a 10K. And that's just, that's just great. If we can help them on that journey and be there to support them, I think it's really fantastic. There's so many runners in New York City now. And actually, I worked with Mile High Run Club mm-hmm. for three years. When they opened, I mean, it was that was the beginning, I feel like, four years ago. And yeah, the running boom has feels like it's just at its peak Right now, I mean, there's just so many runners. It's something that everyone can do. You don't need to belong to a gym. And signing up for a race, it's great to set goals. Yeah, and I think, again, I think other people are inspiring uh, people in in ways they didn't before. And I think even these things, you know, like the Mile High uh, Run Club, the um, the fitness classes that are now geared towards running. There's a lot more technology now that has supported it. And that, I think, really adds to people's engagement in it. So you get the social aspect, you get the technology. It's an incredible city to run in. We often hear from people how many people have moved to this city and they think, gosh, look at this incredible running community now that I have here. And then we get some folks that leave the city that really miss the running community. So hopefully our virtual racing and virtual running, I think, will be a great way to engage them. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of, you know, all these runners and engaging runners in New York City, you also introduce runners to some pretty amazing brands and companies through all the great partnerships. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier, just sort of like going back to the expo. I mean, there are so many incredible brands at that expo. And I'm a little bit of a discovery geek that way. Like I love coming to the expo to see what are some of the new running brands and what are the new sneakers that are out. And then also it's a great place to connect with either owners or just really the experts that work at the brands to learn more about their product. What do you typically outside of obviously, you know, revenue and raising money. Like, what do you look for in brands that are coming to exhibit at the expo? It's interesting. I I always love the expo. I remember 
throughout the years, I always I was the running geek that walked around there, or just the geek that wanted to kind of just yeah. experience everything. So we love to bring variety of different people there. We think that runners really want to see certainly the latest in gear and technology, but they also want to see what other marathons are happening around the world or other races, what other organizations they can be involved in. And I think that there's really great opportunity to do that. We're very fortunate, New York Roadrunners. We have a number of partners, obviously with TCS being our premier partner who helps us with a lot of technology, New Balance being our footwear and apparel partner. We have a number of different initiatives with New Balance. One of them that I really wanted to talk a little bit about was when we started our partnership with New Balance, we came up with an idea to do a program called One for You, One for Youth. And basically for every pair of running shoes, any pair of sneakers that we sell at the Run Center here in the New Balance Run Hub, we give a pair away to a kid here in New York City. So we've given away thousands of pairs of sneakers through our partnership with New Balance. And so it's really taking partnerships and really looking at how we can serve the community, how we can serve runners. And we look for a lot of strategic partnerships like that. And we, most of them are all at our expos as well, but the year-round partnerships that really help provide support for the community, the running community, give back to the community as far as our kids' programs, our seniors' programs, are really partners that we look for a lot because obviously, yes, you need revenue to drive your impact, and that's an important part of it. But we want people that are going to be aligned with us to impact the community and really help provide the community with more to do. And uh, it's really important for us to have partners like that. Are you seeing a lot in the wellness space? And are you seeing a lot of CBD brands trying to get into the space? Or We have we have gotten some interesting calls from uh, people in that space uh, around the expo so yeah. far. And, I, and I, I couldn't tell you for sure if we had them at the last one or we're, we're thinking about it for this one. But there's so many different wellness things between the boutique fitness places yes. to well, wellness products um, that really those areas really are exploding. We see more and more. And we always we always pitch ourselves as a real great conduit to reach people who care about health and fitness. And one of the things that we really are so thrilled about, we launched the um, New York Roadrunners Run Center with the Run, New Balance Run Hub over right. on 57th Street here in New York City. And it's become a community run center. And you can bring your uh, stuff, leave it in the lockers, go for a run. We have programming that exists there almost every day um, with either free classes we have run talks or book signings in the evening. We broadcast live digitally there as well. So the Run Center has provided kind of a hub for the running community here in New York City. And it's become also a place where people who are into health and wellness are coming. They want to share their products there. They want to share their messaging there because they know they can engage with people. So, And it's um, a great like access entry point for brands to kind of get in front of runners. It really is a terrific way. We have a lot of people that do sampling as they do at the marathon, but it really is a great way to get in front of people who want to hear and know about the latest things and try the latest things. Yeah, I think that's great. We do a lot of events in the city with fitness, and I feel like it's always it's such great exposure for brands to get in front of the consumers that are taking classes or exercising, and then it's like, this amazing opportunity for the consumers to discover products that are going to help them be even better at what they're doing. Oh, sure. We love it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, anytime someone tells you about something, or you get to see something that you think is going to improve or enhance your experience, you usually will give it a try. And then you will be the first one to talk about it. I mean, people love to, again, they love to talk about what it is they're doing and what it is they're trying, what it is they're eating, what classes they're doing, what kind of new apparel they're wearing. And that's a really cool thing. It really helps kind of the social aspect of it, and you learn a lot from that. So the word of mouth amongst many communities, but the running community is really strong. 
Yeah. And people can find out about all the exciting happenings on your website. NYR.org. You can pretty much see everything going on uh, at the Run Center and in all of our events. And certainly a lot of the partners that we have are, are there as well. And now, what's your favorite pair of New Balance sneakers? I have been running in the uh, the Prism, Bozzy Prism, for a few years. And I've tried a few others, but I really like them. And I've had a fortunate few years of running, and my times have gotten better. But on top of that, my experience has gotten better. So I've kind of settled into them and really enjoy running in them a lot. So what's your all-time PR for the marathon? Sorry, we're talking about the marathon. For the marathon. Um, last year was my PR at 3.48 and, I don't know, 30 seconds or something like that. So That's great. After 27 time running, it was my PR barely a minute faster than the year before. And uh, my goal every year is to just be a little bit better than the year before. My daughter always says to me, well, you're getting older. So if your time is getting better, staying the same, that means you're improving. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a good <laughs> thing for sure. Uh, I think I can do better than that, which is why I'm going to be out there again this year, giving it a try. Now, are you doing it? I know you've raised over $80,000 in charity for the New York Roadrunners. So are you doing it again for charity? I will. Yeah, this will be my, my, my ninth or tenth year running um, with Team for Kids, which is our our charity to raise money for our youth programs. And I wear the Team for Kids shirt, train with Team for Kids, and I, I think I broke close to the $100,000 mark last year. So I will start my campaign again this year sometime coming up soon. I got to find a date to do it. Having raised money year in and year out for the same thing, um, I'm always thinking of a new way and a new challenge. One year I launched on my birthday. One year I did a long training run, and I went out to folks and told them this is what I you know, would like to raise for. This year, I may highlight the fact that I'm running the last 10 miles 26 times. It's kind of a a talking point for that, but it's great. I really believe in it, um, and I believe giving back to it, and I really love being a part of the Team for Kids um, community as well. And what's the minimum amount that someone should need to raise to... 2620 is usually what what most of the charities. That's what we do at Team for Kids and a lot of the other ones. Some of them are a little bit higher as well. And I always encourage people, some people don't get in the marathon, and I said, look, if you want to really get in one year, pick a charity. Certainly, I always obviously advocate for Team for Kids, but to raise $2,600 is not the easiest, but also if you think about it, I always say if someone asks me to give them some money for something they care a lot about, I'm going to support them. So if you go out to some of your friends, you can, for $26 or whatever, just, and it all adds up. Yeah. And so now, how, so what's your training like? Because you're so busy. I mean, you're president and CEO of New York Roadrunners, and uh, I'm sure a lot of your job is running. So not literally running, but... It actually, um, it actually is, which is, which, which is, I think, a little <laughs> bit of the secret. Um, I, I try to do actually a fair amount of running meetings. Uh, I try to try to get those in with folks. We have a race every weekend, and I run pretty much in every one of our races. So I run probably five times a week. Um, okay. And... We'll do uh, a race as part of that, and I often jump in our group training classes, which happen a few days a week, because I have to do speed workouts. I've learned as I've gotten older that if I don't do my speed workouts, it's not good, and you know that as well. I'm shaking my head because I literally have had like five conversations about this in the last like few weeks with different coaches that... It's really hard to get your speed back, and the only way to do it is like you really have to do it. You have to do you do your speed workouts regularly. Yeah, so I've been going to the East River track. <laughs> um, I just started like a month ago again. So I like um, my sort of way to see where I'm at is this five by one mile repeat, which is nobody's favorite <laughs> uh, workout. But I, I actually 
like it because I like to see like how long I can keep up my pace at the same mile and like what's the fastest. And it's something that I was doing for triathlon training early on. And when I start there, then at the end of the summer, I'll do it again. I do it every month to so see. To gauge how you're yeah, doing, but yeah. I just started again because um, I've been busy working and it's very hard to, you know, it's it's not so hard to just do the workouts and go out for a run or get on my bike or go for a swim, but it is hard to train and stick to a program and be really strict about it and stick to your goals while you have so many other things going on. So it's yeah, really it's, critical. It's though. so important. It's really critical. I mean, for anyone who's training and if you're training for time, which, you know, there are a lot of us that do that, there's some things you just have to do. And it isn't how many times you run in a week. It's, it's the quality of them and what your workouts have been. And I definitely learned that in the last few years as I, as I've gotten a little older if I don't do my speed workouts, I know that. I need to really do core workouts too, non-running things. Yeah. So I'm often encouraging runners, take that day off, go to the gym, do some really basic, simple core things because it really helps you from a strength standpoint. Um, and I've been doing some performance training in the last year um, at HSS, which has been really helpful for me and has made a big difference in how I feel and my speed workouts. And um, so I'm fortunate to be able to make running in that part of my day. Um, so as crazy as, as our days and our time is, I'm always managing to kind of find a time to, to, to fit it in. I think it's really important. We go to a school once a week or once every other week, so I do some running with the kids as well, and that's kind of fun, and it kind of gets you out there in the community doing that. So lots of opportunities to run, and whenever I have someone that wants to get together for a coffee or something, I often say, well, let's just go for a run, um, and that's a good way to kind of get something in that's really, and in most cases, people are up for that as well. Yeah, I'm always I'm always up for that if you want to go for a run. Well, when when you started to set up, I said next time let's do this on the run if we possibly can. I think we can. I am I feel like a little bit like MacGyver this week with my <laughs> podcast equipment, so for sure. Um, do you are so you mentioned you have uh, you have two kids, right? Two daughters. Two yes. daughters. Do they run? They they like to run. They're really big into musical theater, so they spend a lot of time rehearsing and performing, um, but when they they come to our races a few times a year. They really like it a lot. How old are they? 15 and 12 now. Okay. So we have, my partner has an 11-year-old daughter, and she's really into dance and theater. Yeah. She does not run. But she's done a few runs. We've tried to get her to, like, come do some, like, girls on the run stuff. Or Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And the musical theater stuff is really cool. Not something I knew as part of my background, but I love going to watch it, and they're really into it. And when you're passionate about anything and yeah. you really care about it, it's, it's great. Yeah, I mean, and running is so magical, and we talked about how it's such a great opportunity to move, and everyone can can do it at their own level. It's free. They can pay and sign up for races and feel the competitive vibe or the community vibe or whatever the vibe is that they get from doing a race. Um, do you have any, like, career advice or philosophy that you've gotten from running that has inspired you to be successful in what you do? I think um, I'm a big believer in people who have high initiative and people that that just keep at it, really keep at it. And, and that's what I think has happened in my life and my career. Um, I don't think that I, I think that I'm someone who just wants to work hard at something and keep working at it and believe that that really at the end of the day pays off for whatever that payoff may be, uh, happiness, success or whatever, however you measure it. I often encourage people to just keep at things, have high initiative, 
always like raise your hand to do something. Always say, I'm up for that. Always give something a try. And, and I believe that you got to keep at it. Maybe that's part of the mentality of being a marathon runner or being a runner and having done uh, the New York City Marathon now for 27 years is I just keep doing it. And I believe that there's a lot to learn from that because you learn something new all the time. So I often say to people, just give it another try, keep at it. And, and, and I think one of the things I said earlier about running is really important is when you experience with other people, so you can run with someone else, you can talk about running with someone else, you're going to probably learn something or you're probably going to get some insights. And whenever someone is either hurt or they're struggling with their running or they're just struggling with being inspired, I find a lot of times a conversation about it might all of a sudden unearth some reason to do it or to kind of change it up or to do something different. Um, so keep at it. Try something different. Um, always believe in running, as yeah. I said early on, which I think is a really good expression because I think it's a good foundation for you in your life. And I think there are a lot of, um, a lot of aspects that come from it. That's awesome. Well, this has been really great. Thank you. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? We, uh, what I wanted to talk about is yeah. when you're going to run our marathon. That's what I wanted to talk about. Well, <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Um, I think that I, I want to know why the marathon is on my birthday every year. The, it's the, like I can't go out the night before. <laughs> what a gr- what a great reason to do it. No, yeah. I know I know that you I know that you compete in a lot of other distances and a lot of other things. Uh, but sometime we'd love to have you. Come I would and love run our to TCS New York City Marathon. I'm I'm in. I mean, I have been thinking about doing it this year, but I feel like this year is it on November? What it's not on November seventh this year. It's November third. November third this, this year, which is not your birthday, right? No, it's so, November seventh. So but there, yeah. you can come and do it this year, and you want to get in under four hours. You can actually run our virtual training program because you're busy. We have a virtual training program. Mm-hmm. Or you can train with us here in the city, and we can get you under four hours if that's what your goal is. That is my goal. We, we can help you do I that. can't do anything for longer than four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. One time I was talking to, to Bill Rogers, um, and Bill asked me my marathon time, and I told him. He said, four hours. He said, I could never run for four hours. I don't know how you do that. So I thought it was an interesting perspective as well. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, I would love it. So that, 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 that's my, my ask to use. You come or, or you train with us to run. How's that? All right. I'm in. Okay. All right. Challenge set up. I need goals. There you go. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 